Today, church, we are coming to the table to receive the elements that represent Jesus' death on the cross for our sins. And today, I'm just going to ask our ushers to go ahead and come forward this morning, and they are going to begin to pass out these elements to you. You guys will receive this little cup here. I heard somebody refer to it as a snack pack. I like to call it a chalice. It has uh, a cracker representing the body of Christ on one side, and it's got um, a little juice on the other side. And I'm going to ask you to hold on to this, and we're going to take it together. We're going to receive it together as a church in a few minutes um, after I've taught a little bit uh, about something that God laid on my heart for us to know and to apply to our lives when it comes to receiving this meal. You know, Jesus was, uh, he received this meal in the upper room in Jerusalem with his disciples. And I love the video that we just watched because it expresses what sometimes we don't think about. And that is, is that Jerusalem was filled with people, most of whom had made a long journey to come into Jerusalem to celebrate this festival called Passover. It was the festival of the Jewish people remembering what God had done by allowing the Jewish people, allowing God's people to be freed from the slavery that they were in for 400 years in Egypt, to cross a Red Sea that had been parted, and for them to go into their wandering and their journey before they got to their promised land, their home. And so Jesus is celebrating and remembering with his disciples, his buddies, his friends, what God had done. Because God is a deliverer. He not only delivered the nation of Israel from the bondage of the Egyptians and slavery, but now what we do in celebrating this meal is we remember the fact that God delivered you and me from the bondage of sin and death by his own death on the cross, his son's death on the cross. And it's so interesting, in the Jewish tradition, um, they have festivals all the time. They have food all the time. They, they are always coming around a table to remember the goodness of God. And, and I think we should too, not just because I love parties and food, but because God is good. And we should take time to remember the goodness of God, just like the Jewish people did. They have festivals all throughout the year, and many of these festivals point us to a place where we are remembering what God did and what God is doing and what he will continue to do. And today, I want to look at a couple of the instructions that God gave the people back in the Old Testament about what to do during these festivals. It's quite fascinating to me. There are three of these festivals, three of these times of celebration for the Jewish people that are called pilgrimage festivals. It's remembering the goodness of God when the people of God were wandering, being freed from Egypt and then wandering. I don't know if you realize this, but once that nation of Israel was freed and once they crossed 
the dry land of the Red Sea, they entered the Sinai Peninsula where it should have taken them 40 days to get to their home. But because they wouldn't follow God, because they rejected his leadership, because they rejected who he put in place, because there was this up and down cycle of rebellion and obedience and rebellion and obedience and faithfulness and unfaithfulness and more faithfulness followed by more unfaithfulness to God, 40-day journey took 40 years. A whole other generation of people. And it's so interesting, on the first leg of this journey, God gives them some instruction on how once they have reached their home, what they are supposed to do. And it's found in Leviticus. And it kind of centers around uh, this idea of the harvest. Now, I'm a city boy. How many of you who are in the house here today, how many of you grew up near or on a farm? Raise your hand. I'm not raising my hand. Uh, You guys could teach about farming. I'm not going to do that today because I know nothing about it. I'm a city, city boy. Hilton has the smallest community I've ever lived in. And so I don't know much about farming, but I do know that we are entering the harvest season. It's about mid-September through the rest of the fall that we enter the season of harvest. And of course, we in our tradition, we have a day where we give thanks. But I believe that we should be a little bit more like the Israelites who God instructed to give thanks throughout the whole year. That it wasn't just a day that they were to give thanks. It was every time they came to the table. There are a few of these feasts and festivals, Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of the Tabernacle, also called the Feast of Tents, that are wandering or sojourning or pilgrimage festivals. And this was at the beginning of their journey. It took them 40 years when God gave them the instruction on how they should remember. It comes from Leviticus 23, verses 9 through 15. I'm not going to read all of them, but I want to read a few of these to you. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land that I, what's that next word? Give you, and reap its harvest... You shall bring the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest, and he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord so that you may be accepted. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it, and on the day when you wave the sheaf, you shall offer a male lamb, a year old, without, what's that next word, without what? Without blemish, as a burnt offering to the Lord. Verse 14, we can skip down to 14. And you shall eat neither bread or grain, uh, parched or fresh, until this same day, until you have brought the offering of your God. It is a statute forever throughout your generations in all of your dwellings. God is saying to the people of Israel, you are to celebrate this throughout the generations wherever you find yourself. You shall count seven full weeks from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering. The Jewish people couldn't eat from the first fruits until they had made this offering of a lamb, a one-year-old lamb without blemish. And the thing that I think of when God was giving them this instruction 
in how to celebrate this great gift of God that he was going to lead them home, that he was going to provide for them. And he did, by the way, lead them home. And he did provide for them, even when they were unfaithful, even when they were lost, even when they were disobedient. He wanted them to have a sense of bringing him the best. And so, so many of these harvest festivals, these wandering festivals, come back to the first fruit offering. The thing that they were to bring that would have been the first and the best, not the least and the last. We skip over to Deuteronomy, where he gives further instruction on many of these pilgrimage festivals that they have, verses 1 through 11. Again, I'll skip around. When you come into the land that the Lord is, what's that next word, is what? Giving you, you can say it with me, uh, when you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance and have taken possession of it and live in it, you shall take some of the first fruits of the ground which you, you harvest from your land that the Lord God is, say it with me, giving you, and you shall put it in a basket and you shall go to the place that the Lord will choose to make his name to dwell there. Oh, there's so much symbolism here. I don't even have time to get into all the symbolism. But, and you shall go to the priest who is in office at the time and say to him, I declare today that the Lord your God, that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. And the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And then he gave them instruction on what they are to say, how they are to give thanks. Verse, I'll skip down to verse 6. The Egyptians, they treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid on us hard labor. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers. And the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. And he brought us out of Egypt with a great and mighty hand and an outstretched arm with great deeds of terror and signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place. He brought us uh, into this place. Verse 10. Now I bring the first fruit of the ground which you, O Lord, have. Say the word with me again. Given. The ground which you have given to us. And you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice in all the good that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house and the Levite and the sojourner who is among you. Now, why in the world? I'm sure you're wondering, what? where are you going? Why are we reading from Leviticus and Deuteronomy to talk about the table? Here's why. From the beginning of God's relationship with God's people, he established these festivals and these feasts so that the people would understand that first and foremost, we are to bring our, our, our first and our best to him. That we are to provide him in response to what he has done with excellence. Justin last week talked about stewardship and giving a portion of what God has given to us. And how we steward it is so important. And uh, the, these things indicate that this is something monetary. But it is also bringing to God the best of our lives. The best of our time. That we give our talent to him first and foremost. I mean, we have to face it. We don't really have first fruits when, 
when I go to Walmart, I see lemons and limes. That's usually the first thing I come upon, right? God doesn't need me to give him what I can buy, but you know what he wants from you and from me? He wants our best. He wants our first and our best. He wants for us to bring with great gladness the best that we have. And so what jumps off of these pages to me is this idea in the first fruits that God's people are always to bring their best. Josh, I'm so glad that Josh led us in a time of confession because in a time of confession, I don't know about you, but I often confess to God what I'm not doing for him that is first and best. In being introspective about our lives, if we were truly honest, I think that there are areas of our lives where we are bringing the least and the last to God. And what he desires, church, what he deserves is our first and our best. So the Harvest Festival highlights first and foremost the idea of bringing him what is excellent from our lives. The second thing that I believe that it does is I believe that it stirs up gratitude. Gratitude. The whole idea of these festivals was to take moments to give thanks to God for what he had done. I want you to realize that even in the wandering, God was giving them gifts. Even in the wandering, God was giving them indication even in the, that he was still there. Even in the wandering, he was still pointing them to the way home. Even in the wandering, even in those 40 years, a generation of people who was largely disobedient to God, even in that, he was telling them, it's that way. Keep on going. Don't give up. And we should live our lives, first and foremost, with excellence, but secondly, with gratitude. With gratitude. See, we can make a choice in our lives. We have a choice in our lives. We can live our lives with an attitude of greed or an attitude of thanksgiving, an attitude of gratitude. We can live our lives thinking that God is supposed to give us all of these things. He is supposed to be the great provider. He is supposed to lavish on us all of these things that are our inheritance from him. Or we can humbly, with open hands, Give thanks and be grateful for what he has done many times despite us in our attitude. You see, we can show our appreciation to God through how grateful we are to him. And not only did he provide deliverance from his people back then, he has provided deliverance for us into eternity by sending his son to the cross. 
And so in that new day when Jesus was in the upper room celebrating these festivals, celebrating this festival of Passover, the celebration of what God did by delivering his people, Jesus was beginning to establish with his disciples then and with us 2,000 years later that we should come to this table with gratitude. I don't know if you're there yet or not. I don't know if you're at that place or not, but I do want you to take a moment and think what Christ did on the cross for us. I want you to think today, you can go ahead and take the chalice, this cup, and make sure that you peel off the top first where the little cracker is, and I'll ask you to just take that cracker out. I'm going to ask you, as you sit there holding this cracker, I want you to think about Jesus' body. There's nothing magical at all about this little cracker. If you're at home, I want to encourage you to find a cracker, maybe a piece of bread. All it is is a symbol of what Christ did on the cross. But as you feel that in your hands, as you feel it in your fingers, I want you to think of the body of Jesus that was torn for you. That was broken you and for me I want you to think about the sacrifice that he made so that you could have eternal life so that you could have freedom as you hold that in your hands I want you to think about the great gift that God bestows upon you not only in salvation but in every gift that he gives every single day. Years ago, I was challenged to change my language when it comes to communion. The word that some of you probably grew up with in your tradition of receiving communion was Eucharist. And that word literally means thanksgiving or gratitude. And so someone challenged me to uh, change my language from the word take to the word receive. Today, we don't take this in our mouths. We don't take this in our fingers. We don't take this and put it in our hands. We receive the gift of God. We come to this table today with our arms and our hands open, and we receive the symbol of the body of Christ that was broken for you and for me so I'm going to pray, I'm going to read a verse of scripture, and then we can receive this gift from God together. Father, I thank you so much for your body. It was torn up. It was whipped. It was beaten up. The flesh that came off. The pain that you went through as a result. And as we hold this little wafer, this little cracker, this little piece of bread in our fingers. Father, we remember with gratitude what you did on the cross for us. Father, we remember with gratitude every perfect gift that comes from above. It comes from you. We are thankful this morning that you 
provide for your people even if we're far from home even if we are a generation away from where you want us to be father we understand and we receive the gift that comes from you and today we thank you for your body that was torn and beaten for us the apostle paul writes a letter to the church in corinth and in first corinthians chapter 11 he says this in verse 23, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You can receive the bread this morning. Father, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. I'll ask you to take that cup, turn it upside down, and just carefully peel the top off. What's inside is just juice. <laughs> but it's a representation, a symbol of the blood that was shed. And as today you've come to the table and I've come to the table, I want us together to think about the blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Do you realize, church, do you realize that one sin kept us from God, but one death, one death on the cross brought restoration to Him. God forgave us of our sin by giving His Son. And that's that shed blood on the cross that gives us the forgiveness of sin. So today, Father, as we hold this cup in our hands with gratitude, with thanksgiving, we say thanks for what you have done for us. Father, we say thank you for the sacrifice that you made, for the blood that was shed so that we could receive forgiveness of sin. And today we receive this from you with gratitude. Verse 25 of 1 Corinthians 11 says, In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. You may receive the cup this morning. Paul ends this and he says, For often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. In church, through our lives, through our excellence, through our words and through our deeds, that's our job, is to proclaim his death until he comes again. And so, Father, we thank you. We, with gratitude, say thank you for all that you've done and God, may you be honored by our offering. May you be honored by what we bring to you. May you be lifted up. May we proclaim with our lives and with our words and with our deeds. May you be lifted up. May we proclaim you until you come again. And Father, now receive our song as an offering of that proclamation of what you did. We love you.
We are grateful and with gratitude we receive these elements this morning. In Jesus' name, I pray. And all God's people said, amen.